This is a Life Source Ministries teaching by Paul Drury. Be built up in your faith as you listen. David um, again this evening in, in this series that we've been doing on by faith we're down to David we've looked at several different people in Hebrews chapter 11 and um, we've just been seeing the importance of living by faith and thank God that we are faith people and um, you know what that's how we're to live and we've talked about many things with faith even in this this series but really what I'm bringing out is just different attributes and different things of a faith person and we'll see some more tonight in David um, but you know what David was a mighty young man and a mighty young man who was just absolutely full of faith and um, and, and we can learn so much from his life. And we've really been pulling from the story of David and Goliath. And, and just we could look at other things with David. He did a lot of great things in faith. But this here story is just full of faith principles. And you know what? When you understand faith and you go back and you read 1 Samuel 17, I tell you, you can just see faith the whole way through it. And we're going to be looking again at faith this evening in David. And I'm going to get down to looking at our words this evening for a bit. Um, because our words are absolutely important. Really, really important. Um, I finished last week. Let me just read this verse here, 1 Samuel 17. Let me just look in verse 40 here again. And just see, because this was a setup going to the battle. Now he's, he's already came down to the battle. Um, he got to hear Goliath speaking for the, the, you know, what he was saying for the first time. That Goliath was what he was spewing out. Um, the fear that he was spewing out, David got to hear off it. And um, you know what, um, he heard it different than everyone else. And we see that there that what you listen to affects your life morning and evening. And you know, we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you want to be a faith person, it's important what you allow in. You have to allow in, allow in the word of God. And so everyone else was listening to fear. But David had been spending time with God in his covenant. And we looked at that um, the last couple of, couple of weeks as well. But you know what, David um, had, had faith in him. For taking on this giant. And that word got up to Saul. And then we looked last week how that David was brought before Saul. And that Saul told David that you're not able to go up and fight this giant. But I'm telling you, when you know who you are in Christ Jesus, you can't keep quiet. And David turned around and said, you know what, I can. Let me tell you, I took on a lion and I took on a bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, he's just going to be the same. Just the way I took... <laughs> Excuse me, them out, I'm going to take out this giant. And I tell you, never, um, never run from challenges, even if they're small. Because in every situation that you overcome, you get experience. Sometimes people just, some people just, you know, something small and they don't exercise their faith on the small things. But you know, we should be exercising our faith all the time because it's, it, when you get the victory in the small things, that actually becomes a stepping stone that you realize, you know, you know, God was with me there. That may have been something small, but I, I trusted God and God brought me through. But you know what, when you take on lions and bears, when you come up against something big, you're not coming up against it without experience. You're coming up against that with experience and that makes all the difference in the world because you know God's been faithful 
So when you know God's been faithful and brought you through some things, well then when you face other things, you, you have something to draw from. Yes, you have the Word, but you've also your experience with God in the Word. To where you've trusted God, you got out the promises of God, amen? And you, were, you, you, you stood in faith, you got out the other side. But you know what, when you get out the other side, you get out the other side with experience. And after a while, when you come up against things, you, you get to the point of where God was faithful there, 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 there. And this will be the same. That's the way David was. God was faithful with a lion. He was faithful with a bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, he's just going to be the same. The way God brought the victory here, he'll bring the victory again. So that was David's, David's approach. And so Saul's seen the faith in David. And um, he sent David to the battle. Um, and we've seen this is where we ended last week, where David went down to the brook and he picked up five stones from the brook. And the Bible lets us know when you look at the word brook, in the, uh, well, when you look at the word brook in the Hebrew, it lets you know that the word brook means inheritance. So what he done was he went down to the brook. The brook is water, just like the Bible talks about the word is the water of the word. He went down to the, like his inheritance and took out of his inheritance to go and face the giant. He didn't go with a, he didn't go with a, a, a sword. He went with something out of his inheritance. He went actually to what God promised him. See, God promised them the land. And so he was going and saying, God, you give us this land. This is our inheritance. And so he dipped in and took out ammunition from his inheritance that's the way we're meant to be we're meant to go to the word of God when we face things and you go into the promises of God and you arm yourself with the promises of God as you go and face life and so that's the way we do it as well amen so that's the, that's the backdrop as we as we go here but we're going to see this evening that as David does come up against Goliath he's going to come up and there's going to be a battle of words here and words are vital. And for every believer, every believer needs to learn the importance of words. Every believer. We, you know, before you're saved, you know, you talk a load of rubbish. We all did, I'm sure. I did anyway. You know, you, you just talk, you know, death and defeat and constant just stuff coming out of our mouths. It's just, it's just, uh, um, uh, it's part of this world. You hear it all the time. You hear that negativity. You know where oh, you can't win, and you know what? It's just it's just that mindset. And we're, but when you understand how God created us, you start to use your words different, because um, words are important. I'm telling you, what you're speaking today, you're going to eat down the line. And so it's important to be speaking now, you know, because you eat the fruit of the, your lips, the Bible says. So speak today what you're, you want down the line. And um, uh, I could go through lots of things in words, um, you know, uh, in Genesis, it lets us know, you know, right from the start that God spoke everything he said and it was so. That's, that's the principle of God. He said and it was so. He said and it was so. He said and it was so. And I'm telling you, we're created in his um, image and likeness. And if we want something to be so, we need to learn how to say it. And you don't say it, um, you don't say it when you say it. You say it before you say it. Amen. You don't have to say it to say it, but you do have to say it in order to say it. And that's the way we're created. Now, sometimes people say, do you believe in that blab it, grab it? No, I don't believe in blab it, grab it. Because people who just blab it, you know, you're just, it's just blabbing words. I believe in people of faith. What's, what does it mean to be a faith person? You get the word into your heart. It's not just words coming out of your head. It's not just echoes. 
No, it has substance. And so you have to get the word into your heart. But when you get the word into your heart, what happens out of the abundance of the heart? The mouth begins to speak. It's, it's like, um, you know, people are just quoting words many times, but they're like a dry sponge. You know what I mean? There's no real substance to it. But I'm telling you, when you're soaked in the word and then you speak, when pressure's put in that sponge and out comes the word, it's not coming out of something empty. It's coming out of something that's full. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth begins to speak. So I don't, I don't personally believe in blab it and grab it. I do believe in, in, in confess it and possess it. Amen. I believe that when you confess, you lay hold on what it is God has for you. I believe in that 100%. And that is faith. That's what the Bible calls faith. Amen. Um, but, you know, let me, let me just read these couple of verses out here. Just, just important ones here. But, you know, Proverbs 18 and verse 29, it says, Death and life are in the, in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Now we have to learn how to use our words for life. But we also learn how to use our words for death. Now you know there's a lot of things we should speak death to. Now when things come against us, don't speak life into that. You know, you want to cut the life source off of that. You know, when things come against us, cut the life source off. But then speak life into the area that needs life. Um, so death and life are in the power of the tongue. And people who, who start to get a hold of their words start to learn how to speak life and death. I'm not speaking death over people or anything like that. But you know what? We do speak death over circumstances that come against us. Um, and we speak the life of God then into those situations. Amen. Um, Jesus in Mark 11 and verse 14 it says and Jesus answered and said unto it this was unto the fig tree no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever that was speaking death so Jesus spoke death to the fig tree he cursed the thing from the root and sometimes people say I don't believe in all of that words well Jesus did Jesus spoke to the fig tree and he cursed it from the root and it never produced any more that was it, that was it, finished. Now when he spoke it looked like nothing happened. But the thing is when words go to the root, it changes at the root before you see the fruit of it. And the next day they're seeing the results of it. So um, the, the thing is Jesus was a master of his words. And if you want to learn how to, be, uh, how, to, how to master your mouth, Jesus is the one to go and look at. And I'll say this as well, in James it says no one can tame this, no man can tame this. We can't tame them. You can't say, you know what, I'm going to get a hold of my words, words through self-help. You may do better than most, but the, the, the only way to really get a hold of your tongue is to let God have that influence in your life. You have to get the word in you. And then the word effectually works in you and begins to change you from the inside out to where you start to get a hold of your tongue. So no man can tame the tongue. But I'm telling you, when you get the word of God into your heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth begins to speak. And that's how we get a hold. It's not through self-help. It's getting the word in. When you get the word in, there's life in the word to give you the power to start to speak the right thing. Amen. There's a lot of people, you know, try to do their best to get a hold of their tongue. But you know what, they may get a hold of it in one area, but you know, maybe at home with their wife or whatever, maybe there's, you know, the marriage is falling apart, but there's a great front in front of everybody else. 
But you know what? The thing about the Word is the Word works in every area of our life. You just get it in. And when you get it in, it starts to affect every area of our lives. Um, uh, um, Mark 11 Straight after, the, the, when Jesus um, cursed the fig tree and then explained it, he talked about speaking to the mountain. And in verse 22 it says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith. Or here's how God uses his faith. It says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, whatever that is in our lives, whatever you come up against in life, you don't just stir at the mountain. You don't hope that the mountain moves. No, Jesus said, speak directly to the mountain. Amen. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says. Amen. Shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. See, sometimes people say, oh, you into that their confession thing. Yes. But I'm in it because I'm following Jesus. It's amazing people say, I'm following Jesus, but they don't want to follow him when it comes to speaking to the mountain. But Jesus told us to speak to the mountain, and Jesus was the one who said, you'll have whatever you say. Wasn't Kenneth Hagin that said that? Kenneth Hagin quoted these verses a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. He quoted them that much that people thought he wrote them. Yeah. But he's only repeating what Jesus said. And it's amazing how many people can get offended with what Jesus said. Jesus said, you shall have so whatever you are. You, um, that he shall have whatsoever he says. Amen. Jesus said that. Not me, not anybody else. Jesus, anybody else who quotes that is just quoting what Jesus said. Amen. So Jesus said it. I just believe it. I believe in your confession. I believe in speaking. I believe in speaking out the word of God and declaring it over your life and speaking to situations and circumstances and sickness and speaking to bills and speaking to everything. I'm going to speak to everything Jesus said to do it. People say, you're mad. Well, praise God, I'm going to do what Jesus said. People say Jesus was mad as well. You know, I wrote down several things here. Let me just read these couple of things here out. Um, never once in the Word of God do you ever see Jesus complaining, moaning, or groaning. Not once. Now, we're human. We don't get it. Uh, Jesus was human as well. But you know what? He was the perfect man. <laughs> None of us are perfect. I'm sure we've groaned and moaned a few times in our life, okay? But you will never see Jesus complaining, moaning, or groaning. Never. You don't see that with Jesus. We never speak, see him speak in fear, doubt, or worry. Never in the Gospels. Um, in the wilderness, he said, it is written. He spoke the word when he came up against Satan. To the leper, he said, I will. To the Roman centurion, he says, I will come and heal him. To the storm, he rebuked the wind and the sea and said, peace be still. To the demons, he commanded them to go. He rebuked them and told them to depart. To the man with the withered hand, he said, stretch forth your hand. So you can see Jesus, he's always using words. Um, to the man let down through the roof, he said, take up your bed and go home. To Jairus' daughter, he said, damsel, arise. Um, to the, a, a deaf and dumb man, he spat and touched his tongue and put his fingers in his ears and said, be opened. To Peter, he said, get thee behind me, Satan, whenever... 
um, Peter was being used that way. You can see Jesus always speaking. He's speaking life in situations. He's speaking thing for things to stop. He's, he's, he's telling people to rise. You know, he's, he's speaking and using his words with death and life in this tongue. He knows how to use it. He's a master of words. And if we want to be a master of words, I'm telling you, don't look to some self-help book to be a master of words. Go to Jesus. Jesus knows how to use this thing here in a way that brings change. Stop some things, start some things. Amen. Um, he said to Peter, launch out into the deep for a catch. Um, to Peter's mother-in-law, he said, he rebuked the fever and it left her. The widow at Nain, um, her son, he said, young man, I say unto you, arise. To the woman bound 18 years, he says, woman, you are loose from your infirmities. To the ten lepers, he said, go and show yourself to the priest and to the, the one that returned. Um, he, 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 he said it was your faith that made you whole. To blind Bartimaeus, he, he said, receive your sight, your faith has saved you. You know, just go listen, go through all of these to the five loaves and the fishes. He lifted them up and he blessed them. But I tell you, Jesus is always using words. And that's just a taste. You could, I could just go on and on and on. Showing Jesus speaking. You know, his last words on earth was all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go you into all, or go you into, um, all the earth and preach the gospel. So you, you can see Jesus always using words. Now, when we look at David coming up against Goliath, you will see the importance of words. Because I can tell you, giants speak. Mountains speak. Circumstances speak. And then you know things that don't have a mouth can speak. Now, Goliath does. But I many you know we can come up against many a giant in life. Things, circumstances. I many you know circumstances can speak. Yeah. See, it's, it's just like the fig tree. The fig tree, Jesus, the Bible says Jesus answered the fig tree. Was the fig tree talking? I always think, like, was it like one of those trees that the Lord of the Rings, you know, began to speak? No, it wasn't. But, but, but circumstances speak to us all the time. You're not going to make it. You know, this is the end of you now. You know, you're going under. You know, there's no voice, but we, we know what it's saying. Amen. But this giant does have a mouth and this giant speaks. But Jesus said to speak to the mountain. And I tell you, Goliath was a mountain of a man. And it was a real obstacle for David in the natural coming up against Goliath. But look at this here. It says in the verse, um, verse 41. It says here, And the Philistine came and drew near unto David. And the, and the man that bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. Now look at this here. Goliath, he was not living by faith. He's living by sight. And I'm telling you, people live by sight who don't walk with God. But I tell you, we're meant to live by faith. Now Goliath, when he seen David, he just seen his natural... He just seen limitations. He just seen there's no chance this fella is ever going to do any damage to me. He looked at him and he thought, you know what, what, are you joking? That was the kind of attitude he had. He is joking? You, is this a joke, guys? Is this a game? You're sending out this fella against me? You see, Goliath was full of pride. 
He, he wasn't expecting to, 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 be, to be beat that day. I tell you, he trusted in himself. But out comes David. And I always say, David, he didn't look like he belonged on a battlefield. He looked like he belonged on a catwalk. And you know, and Saul points this out. Or, or sorry, Goliath points this out. And Goliath, he disdained him. He despised him. He looked at him as a nobody. And he said, the reason being is because he says, because he's a youth and ruddy and of a fur countenance. So ruddy, um, as I said before, many times people say ruddy means um, red-headed. It doesn't, it just means red. I believe he was, he was red in the face. I believe he was a baby face. And he was of a beautiful, you know, uh, countenance, beautiful complexion. He came out, Mr. Oil of Ule, kind of a thing, you know, look, looking just handsome. You know, he, he didn't look like a warrior. He, he didn't look like, you know, um, someone like, you know, you know, those rough, rough looking people. Like, you know, like Russell Crowe always has those parts of those, that rough looking, you know, kind of a character. Like, you know, because he, he, you know, he is, and when he done that um, gladiator part, like he was absolutely brilliant at doing that. You know, rough, real manly, real warrior. You know, looked like he had been in a few scraps. You know what, he didn't come out pretty, boy. You know, like, um, you know, David looked more like, you know, like David Beckham or something, you know, coming out, you know, dressed to a tee and, you know, everything was all neat and all the rest. I'm just saying he was pretty. He was handsome. He didn't look like a giant killer. And Goliath pointed it out. And he, when he went by sight... And sometimes you don't look like what the world says God's called you to be. Understand, when God calls you, sometimes people say, I couldn't be you. You'll never fit that mold. You're not smart enough or, you know what, you don't have the qualifications or blah, 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 blah. But when God calls you to something, he gives you. God will grace you to do what he's called you to do. Amen. So out comes, out comes David and Goliath starts making fun of him. Starts laughing. And he says here, look, and the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with, with staves or, or sticks? You're coming out to me with, with sticks? You're coming out to me with a shepherd's staff? You know, you see David coming onto the battlefield like this with a staff? And you know, they, yeah, they, they also had a rod, which was like a baseball bat. You know, he's coming out to this fight against the giant. He's coming out with sticks. And the giants look at him and say, what are you doing? It would be like, you know, um, an amateur boxer getting in the ring with Mike Tyson in his day. You know, you'd be going and saying, what, what are you doing? One punch, I'll floor him. Do you know what I mean? Here you come with sticks. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give thy flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Look, Goliath starts speaking. He said, you know, you come to me. He says, you're going to be bird food by the end of this. You know what? You're going to get picked to the bone. That's what you're going to be. You know, I think of like, you know, in, the, in mafia films, you know, you often hear him say, you'll be, you'll be fish food. Because they, they put a <laughs> concrete, give you concrete feet and throw you off a boat somewhere. You know, that's basically what he's saying here. He says, you're animal food. He says, you're nothing. You're, this is it. This is your last day, mate. This is it for you. This is curtains. You know what? Before this day is out, birds are going to be eating you. That's the, imagine coming up against that kind of intimidation. 
Well, that's many times what major mountains can sound like in our life. When they say, that's it for you. But I want to bring this here out as well. Let me just back up there to verse 33. Look at that. The Philistine cursed David by his gods. I've heard this over the years with many Christians where they get into this thing because they hear a bit about words and they hear a bit about death and life and stuff like that. And then they hear that, you know what, there's, there's people that are, um, you know, they're, they're trying to put curses on Christian families. Have you ever heard stuff like that? No, I can remember years ago, I can remember there was like some people in the occult, like um, witches and stuff like that there, that were over in the Bambridge area. And, um, and they had came together and they were doing these kind of spells and chants and they were coming against Christian marriages. And there were people getting into fear. Let me tell you, our response is never fear. Fear is when you... When you give them words more value than they deserve. You understand? That's, that's how people allow those kind of things in. You see, somebody else's words can't affect your life unless you allow them in. You understand? So even though Goliath came and said, you know what, I curse you by my gods. That didn't fizz David. Some Christians are like, oh, don't speak out over me. And over the years, in the early days, when people started to get in a hold of words, that's the way people were carrying on ridiculous. Don't speak that over me. Let me tell you, I don't care what anybody speaks over me. Because my words in my mouth are more powerful than their words in their mouth when it comes to concerning me and concerning my family. Do you understand? I don't live in fear. See, that just breeds fear. Oh, don't speak that. Don't speak that. Oh, don't get around and they might say something over me. Like as if they're going to put a curse on my life. You know what? Uh, Blessing means to speak well of and curses the opposite. So if somebody doesn't speak well of you, that'll only affect your life if you start getting in agreement with it and believing it. Yeah. You understand? Where you, you open up the door and it's like inviting whatever they're doing, allowing the devil access. But the moment you turn around and say, you can't curse what God has blessed, that's that over. See, people need to understand that, you know, you eat the fruit of your lips. Yeah. Not somebody else's. So that puts a stop to that because I can remember that. Um, I even like in the early 90s, whenever I got saved and got a hold of, of, of the faith message and stuff like that, and I can remember people running around and saying stuff like that. Don't speak that over me. Oh, don't speak that. Don't stop. Don't say anymore. And, and I learned after a while, it doesn't matter what anybody says over me. I'm going to say what the Word says over me, over my family, and that's all that counts. So that's the way David responded here. See, when somebody speaks negative if you don't have to get in a fight with anybody you just start speaking what the word says and David this is the way David see he, res he responded see giants speak mountains speak but so do we and that's all that counts and David didn't stand there with his mouth closed and just say oh that's it then I'm bird food you know what I mean that's it I curtains for me oh, I'm cursed now oh I'm cursed no, see, David knew better. He knew he had a covenant with God. And he, he, made, he made curse by his gods. But my God's the real God. And I'm blessed and I have a covenant with God. That's where we're meant to think. Amen. Why should we get afraid of people speaking and saying, oh, there's witches and stuff like that? Why should we get afraid whenever we are hooked up to the living God? Amen. 
We're hooked up to the living God. Let me tell you, and even if they come and say, I'm coming with the demonic power, let me tell you, we've been given authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the works of the enemy. Let me tell you, Satan's under our feet. People are, people are living terrified of Satan and Jesus spoiled principalities, made a show of them openly and then said to us, all authority is given unto us in heaven and earth. And then you go and you walk in that authority and we're sitting here terrified. The devil said it. So what? What does God say? Well, the devil says I'm finished. God says you're not. Well, the devil says, I said, you know, I'm going to die. God says, you're living that day. What are we going to believe? Amen. Amen. I love stuff like that. Amen. I really do. Really blesses me. Look at verse 45. It says, then David, or sorry, then said David to the Philistine. Look at that. Goliath spoke, but so did David. He spoke back. And when giants speak, speak back. Amen. You know, I was just thinking there, you know, um, I can remember hearing a, a testimony of a woman years, years ago. I actually listened to her testimony pretty recently there again. It was a woman who was an axe witch. And she was the top witch in, um, in all of Europe at one time. And she had done these things where she even could, could make her, like her coven disappear and all of that kind of stuff. She had done stuff like that. But she was on the, mo- the moors, in, the moors is not what you call it, in England. And um, he was up there where, what do you call it, the, um, we call them stone, Stonehenge and all of that kind of stuff was. And you know what, and, and they, they tried to do something to this man. And they could not do anything. They tried, they tried everything, all of their spells, everything. They tried everything to do something to this man and they couldn't. And that was whenever she realized, you know what, that, that God's power was, was greater. Because they found out it was a believer and they could not harm that person. And they tried absolutely everything to harm that person with their words. But they could not harm that person. Why? Because that person knew who they were in Christ. And that's what it comes down to. When you know who you are in Christ, let me tell you, God's words are the the greatest words in all of the universe. And when you believe what God says about you, let me tell you, there's no superior words to his words. Amen. So David, he spoke back and he said to him, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. So Goliath said, you're coming with sticks. David said, you're coming to me with, with, with your sword and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> he says, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. In other words, the Lord of hosts is the Lord of armies, angel armies. And he said, you know, you're, you're making fun of me thinking I'm coming out here with sticks. I'm not coming out here with sticks. I'm coming out here and all the heavens back in me, mate. That was his thinking. And then you're just coming with a sword. What's that going to do? That's not, that's not going to defeat me. Was his, was his attitude. In other words, he's saying, I'm not the one here at a disadvantage. You are. Look at this. This day will the Lord deliver you into my hands. And look at this here as well. And I will smite you. Here's something we have to understand. God doesn't do it apart from us. God's doing it through us. Amen. David had to show up. And that's, that's our job is to show up. You show up to the fight. Amen. You show up. Now, sometimes, you, sometimes people will say things like, you know what, don't say I, because that's pride. 
But David said here, I will smite thee. You understand? I'm going to do it. You know, you look through the book of Acts and you will see where God moved mightily through the hands of the apostles. You will see where he did awesome things through the apostles. The apostles healed people, but it wasn't their power. It wasn't their ability. It was God doing it, but doing it through them. It is never us apart from God, and it's never God apart from us. God is, God, at the end of the Gospels, it said, the Lord worked with them confirming the word with signs following. The Lord worked with them. God's not working apart from us. He's working with us. So David wasn't full of pride. David turned around and said, you know what? God's going to deliver me, but it's also going to be me because I'm there. God's doing it through me. So I'll smite you. That's like us saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do it. Who says pride? No, no. If I just stood up here and said, I can do it, well then that's pride but when I'm saying I've angel armies behind me I've God Almighty on my side God's working through me that's not pride that's actual humility that's trusting God that's believing what God said David was the only one in the camp who believed what God said and that was humility Amen let me just look at this here again. Um, I will smite thee and take thy head from off thee. I will give the, look at this, I will give the carcasses off the host of the Philistines. <laughs> He's up in the game here. Goliath says, I'm going to kill you and you're going to be bird food. David's saying, your whole army's going to be bird food. You know, see, when the devil speaks, you don't even have to meet him at his level. You go up a level. You speak on from, from your position of being seated in heavenly places. You speak big back. Don't, speak, don't even speak on the same level. Speak big. That's the way David was. He spoke big. You know what? Uh, you, you think you're going to kill me? I'm not, I'm not just going to kill you. Let me tell you, this whole Philistine army is bird food today. Amen. Amen. And he says that the, all the earth men know that there is a God in Israel. Let me tell you, when people see God in your life, do you know what? The, your family will know. Your work friends will know. People in your whole life will know that God is on your side. Um, and it says here, And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, but the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Again, David wasn't saying, I'm winning, it's all me. He says, I'm doing it, but the battle is the Lord's. God's with me today. And that's the reason I'm so confident, is because God is with me. And do you know what? Faith, faith causes you to be confident. Trust in God, believe in what he says. And sometimes people say, oh, you, you use faith, people use are very arrogant. No, I, I, let me tell you, it's just making your mind up to believe what God says. That's all it is. It's believing, your, it's believing what God says over anything else. It's being persuaded by what God says. That's really where you get down to faith. Verse 48, And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh unto David, that David hastened and ran towards the, the army to meet the Philistine. You know what? You can't, you can't avoid engagement. There's times where you just have to face some things down. But you know what? Sometimes the giant rises or the circumstances rises. And I've seen many times when things rise, it's not too long to where it is taken out. I've seen that over and over and over and over again where something just, it's there. 
It's there 40 days. There, there, there. But then he rises. And I've seen when something rises, if you rise in faith, you stay in faith, it's not too long to work. That's, that's finished. That's over. And I've seen giants' heads roll because something rose up and that was the end of it. Amen. See, when it rose, let me tell you, David didn't sit back. David ran to meet the giant. And David put his hand in his bag and took out that stone which represented the inheritance, represented the promises of God that he took out of that brook. And he slung it and smote the Philistine in the forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead. And he fell upon his face, right down, right on his face. It hit him and he fell right forward on the ground. That was it. And what a sight that must have been for everyone there to see David Goliath get, getting angry and getting up and David not stepping back in this wee skinny lad young lad about 17 years of age who looked all pretty and looked like he didn't belong on, on, a, on a, a battlefield but you know what here he is charging towards this, this giant and putting his hand in his bag and sticking the, the stone in the sling and swinging that as he's running and running and running he lets that fly and the next thing all you hear is smash because the giant just fell, dust going everywhere. And the Bible says that that stone stuck right into his forehead. That was it. That was like a missile. I was thinking today, I wonder was it like, you no, know, whenever you, you do the skim, the skim where you always got the flat stone. I wonder was it, was it a stone that was flat that just, you know, just penetrated just so thin right through his head or something like that. I was just thinking today, but it, it went right through his skull. And this man, this giant of a man, he, what a sight that would have been to see this thing falling down. But you know what? That wasn't enough for David. Even though the Bible lets us know that he slew him. It said he slew him with the, with the sling. Look what it says here. He fell upon the earth. And, uh, verse 50, look at this here. And so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. Slew, when it says slew him or slay him, it means to kill. So he was dead, okay? So, um, but it talks about two deaths here. And the verse, um, um, well, let me just read the rest up. But there was no sword in his hand. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and that's a picture of, you know, standing upon the works of the enemy and took his sword and drew it out of his sheath. So Goliath didn't even get a chance to pull his sword out. He had to pull it out of his sheath. And um, it says, and he, again it says here, and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. It talks, about, it talks twice here about slaying. Now, David is a picture of Jesus. And I'm telling you, Jesus died twice for us. He, he experienced two deaths for us. Amen. Do you know how many know Jesus? He died spiritually. He also died physically. He died both deaths for us because he was accomplishing something for us. He took out the greatest opposition that was against us, which was sin. And I'm telling you, and he, he died two deaths. Jesus experienced two deaths for us. That's a powerful thing here. But you know what? He, you look at here with David. You know what? He took out Goliath, and he didn't even have a sword. 
David ran up against this giant and didn't even have a sword. But I'm telling you, many of you know that the weapon that's fashioned against you will not prosper. Amen. You see, that sword was a weapon for David, but it actually turned and it became a weapon against, against Goliath himself. He was killed by his own weapon. And I'm telling you, when the enemy comes against us, it'll be turned around. Not, it won't affect us. It'll be turned around against the, the enemy. Just like Haman. I love that in the story of, uh, of Esther where, uh, and, uh, and Mordecai, where Haman had created this gallow to, to hang Mordecai. But it, it actually turned around that he was hanged on that on his sons. So the weapon that was fashioned against Mordecai did not prosper. And if you read Mordecai, he just kept increasing. Just like David here, he kept increasing. But the weapon that was fashioned against him, it actually turned around and destroyed the one coming against him. That's powerful. And let me just end by just saying this this evening as well. Um, after David took Goliath's head off his shoulders, he took this with him everywhere he went for the next few days. He had this head with him. You know, uh, you know what that was? It was a trophy. And I'm telling you, you see, when God brings you through something, that becomes a trophy to you. It may be a horrible situation, but it can make a wonderful testimony. And so when you come up against things, let me tell you what looks like it's ugly and it's going to take you out. Let me tell you, when you approach it in faith, it'll actually turn around to become a testimony that you can use for the rest of your life. You can use when you talk to people and tell how God brought you through. It actually becomes a testimony. And David dragged that around, just like, you know, when you see people holding their medals after the Olympics or, you know, holding the Champions League or, or you know, they, they carry it about, about like, you know, look what, what we won. But I'm telling you, David carried that about. And the Bible lets us know that he dragged that, with that head back to Jerusalem with him and went before Saul with a head. It was a trophy. It was ugly, but it was a trophy. And it's just the same with, you see, the cross was a weapon that was fashioned against Jesus. But I'm telling you, that cross today for us is, is beautiful. Even though it was an ugly sight of Jesus dying, but I'm telling you, he died for us. It's a picture of God's love. It became a trophy. And look how many songs there has been about the cross. But I'm telling you, it wasn't a pretty sight to be there. But thank God for Jesus dying our death. So that we could have his life. Amen. It's a powerful story. David and Goliath. Amen. I feel like I'm still just skipping through it. But praise God. Thank God for the faith of David. And you know we can learn so many things there from David. But one of the key ones this evening is this. Our words. Faith people speak. Faith people speak to giants. Faith people speak to mountains. And David was a man who spoke. And we looked earlier, Jesus was also the greatest man who spoke and spoke to everything. And I tell you, we would do well to learn from his example and take our words and use them as weapons against what comes against us. Amen. To where we say no weapon that's fashioned against us shall prosper. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank God for the power of our words. Amen. Thank you for
for listening to this teaching by Paul Drury. Our vision at Life Source Ministries is to reveal Jesus' love and grace to all generations. To stay up to date with the ministry, like Life Source Ministries on social media or visit our Facebook page. Contact us with any questions or if you would like Paul to minister for you, email lifesourceministries1 at gmail.com. That is Life Source Ministries, followed by the number one at gmail.com. <laughs>